The reading this morning is taken from Nehemiah 10, verse 1, 9, 14, then 28 through to 39. Upon the sealed document are the names of Nehemiah the governor, son of Hakaliah and Zedekiah. And the Levites, Jeshua, son of Azaniah, Beniah, of sons of Henadad and Cadmiel, the leaders of the people Parosh, Parhas, Moab, Elam, Zatu, Bani. The rest of the people, the priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, the temple servants and all who have separated themselves from the peoples of the land to adhere to the law of God, their wives, their sons, their daughters, all who have knowledge and understanding, join with their kin, their nobles, and enter into a curse and an oath to walk in God's law, which was given by Moses, the servant of God, and to observe and do all the commandments of the Lord our Lord and his ordinances and his statutes. We will not give our daughters to the people of the land or take their daughters for our sons. And if the peoples of the land bring in merchandise or any grain on the Sabbath day to sell, we will not buy it from them on the Sabbath or on a holy day. And we will forego the crops of the seventh year and the ex exaction of every debt. We also lay on ourselves the obligation to charge ourselves yearly one-third of a shekel for the service of the house of our God, for the rows of bread, the regular grain offering, the regular burnt offering, the Sabbath, the new moons, the appointed festivals, the sacred donations and the sin offerings to make atonement for Israel and for all the work of the house of our God. We have also cast lots among the priests, the Levites and the people for the wood offering to bring it into the house of our God by ancestral houses at appointed times year by year to burn on the altar of the Lord our God as it is written in the law. We obligate ourselves to bring the first fruits of our soil and the first fruits of all fruit of every tree year by year to the house of the Lord. Also to bring to the house of our God, to the priests who minister in the house of our God, the firstborn of our sons and of our livestock, as it is written in the law, and the firstlings of our herds and of our flocks, and to bring the first of our dough, and of our contributions, the fruits of every tree, the wine and the oil to the priests, to the chambers of the house of our God, and to bring to the Levites the tithes from our soil. And for it is the Levites who collect the tithes in all our rural towns. And the priest, the descendant of Aaron, shall be the Levites when the Levite shall be with the Levites when the Levites receive the tithes. And the Levites shall bring up a tithe of the tithes to the house of God, to the chambers of the storehouse. For the people of Israel and the sons of Levi shall bring the contribution of grain, wine and oil to the storerooms where the vessels of the sanctuary are and where the priests that minister and the gatekeepers and the singers are. We will not neglect the house of our God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So uh, prior to Easter, we were going through Nehemiah and we looked at how chapter 9 called us to reorient hearts towards God. And so chapter 9 forms the, the first part of this 
section. Chapter 10 forms the second half. Uh, The first part, they're confessing and saying we didn't measure up. In the second half there, in chapter 10, uh, they're uh, going through uh, orienting hearts to each other. Uh, Can you turn my mic down a tiny bit? I'm just ringing a little bit. And the lectern mic down as well. That would be fantastic. Uh, So they've been talking about how they can orient their hearts toward God in terms of confession and living his way. Uh, This week they're looking at orienting hearts towards each other. That is, they're making a commitment before God, but they're also making a commitment uh, to each other. That is, as the people of God, they're going to follow the laws and the statutes and the responsibilities that they've been given. See, in the time leading up to this, they've been really living quite individual lives. They've been building up their own sense of wealth. Uh, They've had their own houses. Now, suddenly they have walls. They have a city that is theirs and they have a temple and the temple needs to be kept up. They have people in the temple that need to do their work and the people in the temple need tithes that are given in order to sustain the work of the temple. And so there's this responsibility that's brought up in this chapter and they commit to it together. As they're orienting their hearts towards God, they're they're recommitting to honour God and they take up an oath uh, together we make an oath that this is what we're going to do. This is what we commit to. Uh, and there's a curse associated with the law. Uh, it's essentially life goes well if you follow God. Uh, if things do not go well, uh, if you don't follow God, things do not go well. So there's a, there's a curse and an oath. Uh, and at one level, it's, it's simple. Don't go find foreign wives uh, because the foreign wives are going to lead you away from God. And... So they commit together not to bring foreigners into the people. And they're set apart as a holy people. And so it's a recommitment as to who they are. So the transition that they're going through as the people of God is this transition from being a people that have a me-thinking kind of way to a a we-thinking mindset. Uh, The the childish me thought, uh, well, today, this week, it's toilet training. (laughs) Ellie's just been through toilet training, we thinking. Anyway, that's just me. I'm I'm a little bit immature. That's for you kids. That's the joke. Uh, We're moving from me thinking to we thinking. Uh, How do we think of not just me, but we. Now you're going to think of we every time I say we, aren't you? That's right. I've I've ruined it for myself. (laughs) Uh, But Quite often in life, we think of me. We think of what are my priorities? What am I going to do? What am I going to invest in? But as a church, we're called to have a we mindset, to think of us, to think of togetherness. Quite often when people think of the church, they say, the church really should do something about that drip. The church should really do more in society. The church should do more... But we're the church. Oh, the, the, the church should be giving more. The, the church should be reaching out more. We're the church. And so we can get trapped in this me thinking uh, when we're actually part of the collective, the church, some Barnabas together. And the challenge for, for us is the same as the challenge for them. Do I think of me and building my kingdom or do I think of we and God building our church together. I'm not just a leader that is the church. The church is us. It's people. 
We don't go to church. We are the church. That's who we are. That's our identity. It's not a me, I'm a Christian, I go to church for my faith to be built up, for me to be strengthened so that I can get something. We come to church for us, the church. We're here for each other. So me thinking comes to church and goes, well, what can I get from the sermon? What can I get from worship? Oh, those weren't my favorite songs. But the we thinking is that we are thinking of us and what will build us up, what will encourage us. And so the mindset that I like to come to church with, whether I'm leading or whether I'm not, is how can I encourage, strengthen, and build up other people that I'm, I'm here because I'm part of us. I'm not here just for me. And if everyone else comes to church and they have this mindset of how can I encourage and strengthen and comfort and build up, then we're here for us and not just for me. Uh, me thinking just infiltrates uh, so much of life. It infiltrates our, our perspective. Uh, we will be so much better if they just did a better job. And, and so we, we think in this mindset of Everyone else needs to change. I think I'm doing all right. But when we think in a we kind of mindset, it's, okay, well, things are, things are, could be going better. What can I contribute to it? Uh, our, our music team could build and grow. We've got a really limited number that serve us faithfully and put in a lot of time. What could I contribute to it? Uh, we have coffee and tea roughly fortnightly at the moment. Could I contribute in that way? Our rosters really need filling out. And uh, we often think, well, you, <laughs> you could do something about it. They could do something about it. But what could we do? And so moving from this me thinking to we thinking, where I come to church not to be blessed, but to be a blessing. And as I am blessed, I can be a blessing. And as we bless and be a blessing, it's cyclical, it flows, it expands and it grows. And that's the way uh, that God works. See, see, our God is Father, Son and Holy Spirit and God is always other-centered, seeking the best for the other. And so when I'm seeking the best for me, I've missed the, the model that God set for me in being who he is and what he's called me into. See, see we thinking... Uh, is the way that we're called and the contribution that we make to we is me. Uh, quite often uh, when we look at things and when we look at the, the church, other people will come into the church and, and they'll feel like they need to measure up to be a part of it. And Christians can often give the impression to someone that's new or someone that's an outsider that you need to measure up to me. I'm the standard of being a Christian. So you, you may have been in a church and someone may have got something wrong and you may have heard, oh, oh, that, that kind of exasperation. Or you've probably heard it in other ways, the, the little, oh, and no one, no one says anything, but it's, you haven't measured up or they haven't measured up. Oh my goodness. We're, we're quite low as an Anglican church. In a high Anglican church, you need to bow, genuflect in the right spot. You need to have all the right language. You need to do all the right things. You need to cross yourself. And if you, oh, can't believe they got it wrong. So there's this pressure in a Christian environment often to measure up to we, uh, rather than creating space for we, recognizing that we are different. We bring different gifts and we're stronger when we build each other up. Uh, 
when I was first ordained, I was ordained in quite a low Anglican church and there was no robes, none whatsoever. So I got ordained as a, as a deacon. I put on my robe and as a deacon, I, I wear robes at our 9am service. Uh, as a deacon, you wear it across like a sash. And I hadn't done that all year. Turned up to the ordination service to, to be ordained as a priest. And a lot of people still, even though they're, they're ordained, have a me mindset. And, and so the me mindset looks at someone that's done something wrong and doesn't tell them, but judges them. And so no one told me that I put my sash on the wrong way. <laughs> no one. I didn't know. I, I did, you know, when you look in a mirror and it's you, well, it looks fine. But, but <laughs> when you're looking at other people and it seems to line up, you forget that it's meant to be mirrored. Well, so I went through the whole thing and it wasn't until I looked at some photos afterwards that I realized that I had a sash on the wrong way. And so when they, they went to take it off sideways and to put it on, so you have one on each side, uh, the, the person doing it as I was being ordained priest was a little confused because like, no one said anything. <laughs> no one said anything because we have this kind of judgmental, me mindset. Oh, they haven't measured up to me. But creating space for, for, for we is about us saying, well, it's not about measuring up to be a certain level. See, inclusion in the family of God is about faith in Jesus. If you're a believer in Jesus, you're welcome. You're part of the family. Do you know all the stuff? It's okay if you don't. We're, we're going to help you because we are part of the family and now you're part of the family. Uh, quite often... Uh, with an Anglican prayer book service, you won't know where you are in the, in the book. And so one of the reasons we put our liturgy up on the screen is so that we can join in. If you want to learn the prayer book, come on Wednesday and we juggle three books together and we figure out the numbers. But we, as Christians, uh, are called uh, to grow together and to build up each other. And so the question I think for us is how can I make the place of we a place where others are designed to thrive and not fail? Where it's not, I'm the measure of Christian godliness, you need to measure up to me. It's, this is how we follow Jesus. I'd like to help you do this with me. When someone does something wrong, we're not correcting them and going, you got it wrong. You've spoken at the wrong time. We're not silently judging them. Because Jesus says a thought's as bad as a, a word. If you, com- if you commit murder in your heart, if you hate someone, you may as well have already actually murdered someone. Jesus is serious about our thoughts, not just the, the way that we speak about people, not just the, but the thought that we have about other people. And so making this a place for we and a place for others where they're designed to thrive and not fail is about us thinking well and loving well for others. Quite often when we think about uh, ourselves, we like to think about ourselves in relation to other people. And so I'll look over at someone else and go, they're not making a good go of life. You know, they're they're pretty tough. I'm doing okay in life. I'm doing okay. And so we compare ourselves to others. But then we'll look at someone else and we'll go, that person's a saint. I could never be like them. And so what we're really doing is we're justifying our our position in the middle. I'm not as bad as these people because they don't quite measure up. They're they're not really successful at life, but I'm doing okay. I'm not a saint though, but that's okay. I'm never going to be a saint. And so we justify us being in the middle without a need to change. 
That's kind of me thinking. But the we thinking is, well, how can I be the best version of me so that everyone gets the best of me as Jesus is shown through me and that we can grow together? Not looking at people when they fail, but encouraging them and building them up and lifting them up. See, uh, 1 Corinthians talks about prophecy and the, the words, the kind of words we're called to speak to each other, not words of judgment, but words of encouragement, strengthening and comfort. And so we're all called to offer these prophetic words to each other, which calls people up into their identity as Christians. And then we look at other people and that's and people that are living godly Christian lives, Paul says, imitate me as I follow Christ. They're worthy of imitation. And it's not that we're, uh, they actually do have something to boast about because they're doing well. And it's not a prideful boast, it's just a reality. And we can look at someone who's living a Christian life well and go, I want to aspire to follow Jesus the way that they follow Jesus. And we can learn. This me thinking, we thinking, uh, setting up an environment for people to thrive instead of fail. It applies uh, not just in the church. It applies in relationships and families. As, the, as we think about people, as we think about children, as we think about our workplaces, do we create as Christians environments where other people thrive or other people are set up to not measure up and fail? That's part of the way that we bring the kingdom to the places outside of the church. Uh, one, of the, one of the ways that we learn to operate in this uh, we way of thinking is our perspective of others. I think uh, in order for our relationship to go well, you need to do this. I'm sure you've possibly heard yourself say something like that or have that expectation. But that's me thinking. In order for my life to be better, you need to do this. What's the contribution we make to we? It's me. It's I make the contribution. I can change what I bring to we, but I can't change what you bring to we. That's your responsibility. And so we each take responsibility for our part, what we bring. And we, we don't seek to change the other people. We, we seek to make that contribution ourselves. that our community is transformed by the contribution we bring. When I first started preaching, I used to use a lot of I's and a lot of U's. Uh, I, would, I would give an example and tell you something you could do. And it wasn't intentional, but someone pulled me up at some point and said, you use a lot of I's when it's actually about us. And so when I speak uh, this morning a message for us, it's a we message. It's a message as much that I need to remember and apply as God's speaking it to me, that you need to remember and apply that we will grow up into who God's called us to be together. And it's a beautiful picture when you see other people thrive and grow and strengthen. But if we always expect other people to fail, you know what, they, they often fulfill that expectation. Uh, so a way of us learning to sit in humility is to sit under scripture. The people in, in Nehemiah had, for the first time, for many of them, sat under scripture and learned what scripture said. And it's a place of humility as, uh, rather than saying, from my way of thinking, this is the way life should go, they sit under scripture and say, okay, God, we believe 
this is what you say as to what makes life go well. We're going to follow what you say. So do I sit over scripture as scriptures judge, making it measure up to the way I think the world should work? Or do I sit under scripture? One of the ways that we can tell that we don't maybe sit under scripture is we don't read it. And that may be challenging for all of us because I think we could all read scripture more because you can't sit under what you don't know. And if you're not reading it regularly, uh, you're probably, like all of us, without a photographic memory, unable to remember the details, details of it. And so we remember the bits of it that are convenient, that line up with what we think. Uh, one of the, a different way of asking the same question is, are my values defined by the world or are my values defined by God? Do what I think is important, uh, do my values about how to treat people, do my values around holiness, are they defined by the world or are they defined by God? I think that's a challenge for us and the only way that we can really discover the answers to these questions is to sit under scripture. And so coming up to Easter, I gave people the challenge and a few people did it of reading all of Mark's gospel. Uh, going away from Easter, let me encourage you to engage with who Jesus is and read Luke's gospel and then its companion, Acts, as we approach Pentecost. Sit under scripture. I'm not someone that sits down and reads a certain amount each day. I love to read in chunks. That may work better for you. Don't feel guilty that you're not measuring up to the half an hour in the morning that reads one chapter because it doesn't need to look like that. You build your relationship... All of our relationships don't look the same, do they? Neither is it meant to be the same with our relationship with God, but there needs to be relationship. And so part of that is reading scripture and sitting under him, allowing him to speak to you through scripture and getting fresh life from it. Uh, One of the people at 9am said, you know what, growing up I've read the Bible a lot and I didn't get anything from it. But this time I've read through Mark's gospel and for the first time I feel like God's speaking to me through it. Now, if you don't read it, God's not going to speak to you through it. So let me encourage you, give it a go. And if you're struggling, find someone else that we can grow up in sitting under scripture together. In Nehemiah, they've given us a model of what it looks like to live out commitment as a follower of God. That is, it's not just something that holy people do and unholy people don't do. It's something we're all trying to do together, learn to follow God. It's something that we get to encourage each other in. Uh, But Jesus is the ultimate display for us of what commitment looks like, of what sacrifice looks like. Uh, In our gospel reading at 9am service, it it talked about how uh, Jesus says, uh, who are my mothers and my brother? Uh, my mother and my brother are the ones who obey my commands. And so then picking up this mother, father, brother uh, imagery, Matthew 10 says this, anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And so Jesus is not saying that you can't love these people. He's just saying that uh, God, the love for God needs to be overriding overall. This should challenge our mindset where in our world where kids can become little gods that we exalt above all things. It should challenge us to go, well, do I love God above all things? 
And then Jesus' challenge is this. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. As people in this world where we feel like we're pressured to live our best life now. (laughs) You may have heard that before. Uh, Make the most of life. Make the most of opportunities for you, your family. Want the best for yourself. Pursue your dreams. But Jesus presents to us a massively countercultural picture. Lay down your life. Lose your life for my sake. And in that losing of your individual identity in relationship with me, you'll find what life is really about. That's a challenge. That's a really big challenge for us where we just think about ourselves, what we can get, how I can be entertained. What does it look like for me to lay down my life? Someone who died and is a great example this week is Prince Philip. Imagine spending all of your life in the, in the shadow of the Queen. He lived in amazing privilege. And he could have just enjoyed the privilege of uh, being Prince Philip. All the access uh, he had. But he chose to lay his life down as a great Christian example in service to people around the world. To give over his energy in service. To serve his wife in love. She at times has described how she couldn't do what she has done without the support of Prince Philip. A great exemplary person who has lived a life following Jesus as a servant to others, even though he had so much power and so much privilege. You see, a true understanding of power and privilege is not that we use it for ourselves, but we can actually use it for others. Someone who has a a mindset of Uh, Pursuing riches, building up wealth here and and now, uh, misses the the wealth of actually giving to others. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And as you put that into practice, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. It's more blessed to serve others than to be served. You see it, but unless you do it and live this countercultural mindset, we get stuck in the me way of thinking. And when we all do this well together, uh, we're all built up in faith together. So the challenge for us as Christians here, some Barnabas this morning, is to think about how can I be part of the we together, us, some Barnabas, what God's doing. Catch yourself, not someone else, catch yourself when you say the church needs to be doing more of this and realize that we're the church and bring yourself to sit under God before scripture and allow him to shape you in who he's calling you to be that together we as some Barnabas can be fully who we are called to be as a church let me pray Uh, Father God uh, we thank you that you sent your son Jesus to us Uh, that in love uh, you sent Jesus uh, to transform us to save us uh, from ourselves, to buy us into a new community of people learning to live in relationship with you. 
Teach us to walk with humility uh, under Scripture, with you and with each other. Teach us to love each other. Teach us to treasure each other and encourage each other and comfort each other. Give us that insight we need, Lord, that we would love well. Uh, Lord, when you give us the privilege of reaching out to people who don't know you, help us uh, to love them well, not to expect them to measure up, uh, to fit into standards the way we think should be, but to, to love them into your kingdom, love them into your family. Uh, Teach us to love your way and grow us in that same love, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.